Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. you you're there and i'm here thank you so much for doing that let's listen to that band let's let them warm us up feel it good oh yeah i love them i love them oh, oh they get better every week i swear that's just amazing what they get to blood pumping and oh it's just wonderful that was coffee and the non-dairy creamers folks they are outstanding. They're amazing. Ah, oh, wow. I love that opening. It's just, it gets you going. At least it does for me, and I hope it does for you. Uh, welcome, 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 welcome to another episode, episode 34, wow, of Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I am the host, or the hostess with the mostess. Uh, I do it all here. It's all my show, just me, a one-woman show. Da, 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 da. That's it. It's me. So I like to have just some fun with the show. And that's what the band is all about. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard this crazy ride. <laughs> welcome aboard. I, I hope you know what you got yourself into. And for returning listeners, wow, thank you for returning. You liked the wild and crazy ride enough last time. You're back for more. Either either you enjoy it or you're just a glutton for punishment. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But here we are again on episode 34. I'm still, I'm still amazed that they just keep ticking by. And it seems like I just did episode 30. You know, I remember going, wow, that's a milestone 30. And now we're four more. And so wait, wait, where did 31, 31 32, and 33 go? And I look back and there they are. <laughs> They're there. <laughs> but holy cow, we're there at 34. All right. So as we normally do here at uh, Changes in Latitudes, a little quick little recap about last week's episode, uh, The Woe Man in the Mirror. Uh, I realized I didn't give credit to the little piece of music that took us from uh, the beginning, the opening section, into the main topic. And that was uh, a piece called Cat and Mouse by uh, Henry Mancini and Leslie Burkus. I believe I butchered that name. But it's from the Broadway stage version of Blake Edwards' Victor Victoria, starring Julie Andrews. I think it's episode 18, somewhere around there, that I that it's labeled Victor Victoria, <laughs> uh, that I talk about that specific movie. That piece of music was from the stage version. Uh, I personally added those little cat sounds you heard, though. Uh, but the music is just, it was fun, cat and mouse and so it fit the uh, fit the band. <laughs> anyway, that's where that came from. Uh, then, obviously, I used... I didn't really say, you know, specifically what it was, but I was hoping everybody recognized it. That was Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. And uh, I don't specifically remember the year. Kind of uh, mid to late 80s is what my memory is telling me. But don't hold me to that. Look it up on the Internet. Go for it. I don't know. It's it. <laughs> iTunes. 
I know I could do it too, but I got other things I want to share. So I used that because of the title, and the song came right to my mind. If you haven't heard the episode, go back and hear it. And as I was putting the show together and editing, I, I kind of went, whoa, because I thought it was kind of cosmic on how I selected a Michael Jackson song, and he was the kind of person that hated how he looked all his life. That's why he went through all those changes to cosmetically change himself into what he, I hope he liked himself by the time he died. God, I hope that he, he had wrestled that dragon, you know, because, hey, that's one thing we got in common with the king of pop. <laughs> Think about it, right? He struggled with his inner demons of how to look and be and whatever he was. Well, we got that same thing going on. And so I thought it was kind of weird that I chose that piece o- only by the title when I said, hey, here's a con- here's a fun title to use, The Woman in the Mirror. Hey, the song, Man in the Mirror, blah, 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 blah. And then I was coming together and I went, whoa, hey. And then my mind went to this. Think about uh, if, if he was the kind of celebrity that was popular now, as if the album Thriller, one of the big ones that got him so huge, not that he wasn't huge before that, but that's when he blew up, okay? Uh, and that was in 1982. So imagine if it was 1982, but 2015, right? Would he have a Twitter? Would he, would he have a personal YouTube? Would he have an Instagram? What, what type of Facebook thing would he have? You know, what shenanigans on Facebook would he play? Because he did so much with the media back in his time. What about now? Whoa! Mind blown if you stop to think about it. <laughs> Anyhow, here's something else. Because of how he didn't like how he looked and how he proclaimed that he wanted to emulate Diana Ross, and he certainly did. There was a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, what the hell's the word? Similarities between them, at least in how they looked. And then his voice, you know, I mean, just ponder it. I mean, he's, he's since gone, since passed, we'll never know the answer. We're not doing any harm by thinking these thoughts or conversing about these thoughts with one another or whatever you like to do. What a mind fuck concept that would be. You know? That's that's where I was. That's that's where my mind kind of went when I was putting that together, that section together of the show. So, wow, kind of weird how that kind of pieced itself together. Anyway, anyway, back on topic. Also, within the segment of uh, The Woman in the Mirror is when I realized uh, I didn't talk about my own dysphoria. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't mention it, and I went, oh, darn, damn, I need to mention that. So, quickly, um, for me, I felt dysphoric before I came out. Um, I felt out of sorts in just interacting with people and how to communicate to, to, to people um, effectively and efficiently and blah, blah, blah. Yes, I was a performance background, but that's a script. That's a personality. That's, uh, you know, an essence of charm or whatever. It's not the person. It's not the raw person. But you know, up until the time I came out, it, I was in my man space head. So it was protective. And that that it, it was just hard for me to communicate one-on-one. Um, now, I felt a little dysphoria after I came out, but I realize in hindsight that it's not really dysphoria. It was just readjustment of how people interacted with me. 
people started interacting with the woman I was emulating and becoming and showing to the world. So that's what that, I, I call it in, in the beginning when you're in the midst of it, I think you want to call it dysphoria, but it's not. It's a readjustment of people now adjusting to how they treat you because you've been treated depending on which way you're going on this spectrum of genders, people have been treating you like your birth gender for X amount of time. Now you're presenting as your preferred gender. So they're treating you differently because of your preferred gender. And it it, it took me, I don't know, uh, somewhere in the last three to four months uh, of my year mark, you know, so the beginning, the like Christmas time through the beginning of the year, is when I really kind of noticed it. Also, if you're having a hard time seeing the woman or the man, depending on what it is in the mirror, after a year or two of being out, and being out can be a lot of things, living full-time, so you're doing the daily routine of your preferred gender, or starting HRT, or both, whatever your thing is. Um, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, getaways on the weekends or getaways after work or whatever like that, unless that's your thing right now because you are on H- HRT and you know all the stories. I've mentioned them so many times in the past. First, talk to your therapist. Talk to your therapist and say, look, look, I need, <laughs> this is this is what I want and I need help getting there. Remember back on the episode of Talk About POV on therapy, uh, they're your coach. You know, if you're on prescriptions, maybe change prescriptions. Learn some coping techniques, whatever it is, it is catered to you by your therapist. Okay. Um, also, well, this would work for any trans individual, trans man, trans woman, but mostly trans woman, go get a makeover. And and I mean, have a friend do it if you don't want to go out to, you know, the counters that do the, the makeovers. Or you don't want to spend the money. I get it. That's cool. Have a friend do it. A friend that you, you know, just anybody, they do their own face, so it's going to have a different look on yours. Um, but try a new look. Try something different. Try something that's going to make you feel more feminine. That I mean... Talk to regular women. If they're not, if they're feeling down, first thing they do is slap on a nice looking face, makeup wise, and they go out and try on clothes. Now, they may only buy one item, but they try on 20. And then, if you're just at that point of not having come out, so you don't have a friend to ask for a makeover, you can't go to the counter for a makeover, do it yourself. Watch some YouTube videos. There's a ton out there. I can't recommend anything. I learned my makeup by taking theater classes and talking to the girls that I dated and f- female friends and then watching people, you know, in the back. In, in, when you're in the dressing room of a theater, you watch and you talk a lot of, a lot of different things. Some of it's makeup because people are applying different things. Oh, hey, I use this, borrow that. How'd you get that effect? How do you do this? So that's my approach. That's where I come from. And I am no makeup expert at all. But that's where I come from. So I can't say, go watch so-and-so's channel. So search it out. There's tons out there. When I first perused it, I was like, holy cow. There's three, there's, there was four that I remember off the top of my head that were huge channels. That the individual channels had hundreds of tutorials by four individuals. So there's tons to choose from. Like you could see four different versions of how to do smoke eyes or uh, downplay a nose or w- whatever it is. So you got to spend your time researching. That's that's part of it. 
you, specifically trans women, you were brought up as a guy. You weren't shown at an early age that you should trim your nails in a, you know, file and trim your nails in a feminine fashion. You were shown to just keep them short so you could work on things, you know? You weren't really shown how to moisturize your, your hands and elbows and such and face. You gotta learn all this. And then YouTube is a good place to, to, to do it. And so when you practice on yourself, the key, the key with practicing on yourself is make sure you wash very well, preferably both, you know, in between. Okay, here's one look. I'm going to reapply another. That you get a good washing at that point. It's just when you remove things, it's it's good just to go all the way down to the foundation, which is your skin, and build right back up again, starting with moisturizer. That's the key I can share with you uh, from my theater background and just makeup in general that I know. And when you're finally done, 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 make sure you give yourself a good thorough washing. You're not going to leave any extra makeup on your pores or anything like that. And moisturize and do what you need to do for your skin. And you'll hear that later in the episode. That's a teaser. That's a teaser. Also, last episode, during listener feedback, I wanted to make sure that you understood that I don't really care about losing a Facebook uh, like. I don't really care. I don't. Um, I, I kind of wonder why. Do you not want to see the feed? Because I post, what, once a day, maybe? I don't know. I don't really stay. I, I know I don't do it frequently. But I don't do it often enough like a lot of other pages. So if you don't want to see it, that's cool. If you clicked on something because you thought it was something else, that's cool too. Uh, but it's just, you know, I was like, whoa, hey, that's kind of strange. And besides, as of this recording, we got uh, 122 again. So I, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I don't really care. Um, also, one last thing that I realized I should have said probably about 10 episodes or so ago. Uh, and maybe I'll make a future episode about this. Uh, I have, well, (laughs) when I was in school, both in, uh, what we would, we would consider middle school and then high school, I was tested, uh, and found out to be borderline dyslexic. Now, mind you, this was in the mid eighties, late eighties. So standards have totally changed. And I got the short end of the fucking stick. Uh, Because if you qualified and were fully dyslexic, you got extra time for tests. You got extra time uh, for notes. You got, you know, you got to copy people, a good note taker's notes. Uh, You could bring a recorder to class. Mind you, this is pre-internet, so there was no digital media, right? So there was a lot of... uh, uh, there was a lot of things that I didn't qualify for, which meant I had to work even harder. And so I got the short end of the stick. And in doing so, I, 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 I'm not looking back saying, oh, God, it's hindered me all my life. It's made things really challenging, but I've survived. Here I am doing this, okay? Problem is, I obviously when I write, <laughs> I, I mix up letters and words. Spelling has always been hard and atrocious for me. I do okay. Thank God for spell check when when that <laughs> beautiful thing got integrated into documents so I didn't have to have a dictionary sitting on the desk next to the computer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I get a, 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 a woohoo if you know what I'm talking about? Woo-hoo! 
awesome. It was, a, it was a savior. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I use it extensively. I have always carried a little pocket dictionary. So when smartphones really became the big brouhaha, actually personal data assistance back in the day, loved it, had a dictionary on that as well. So I've used the tools. Uh, the problem is, is sometimes when I speak, <laughs> I mix up words. Uh, words with similar spellings or pronunciations, I, I, I misuse. So if that ever happens in, in throughout the shows that I've done, that is why. little tidbit about me. So I do what I can. I work it out really well. But hey, that's the why. All right, enough of that. Let's move forward. Okay, so last episode can be found as well as all past episodes at Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. At that website, you can find the RSS link. We also have an Amazon affiliate link and a PayPal donate button. We, we also have links for iTunes and Stitcher if you need to find them there. The email, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at SabrinaMiller41. I don't really use it. Uh, it's it's there. <laughs> I kind of use it to promote the show. I use it once in a while to chat up amongst the, the couple people that I really chat with on Twitter, you might say. And uh, that's about it. Oh, hey, there's something new found out through one of my friends online. Something called Periscope. It's uh, It seems to be an iPhone app. I don't know if it's available on uh, Android yet or other phones yet. But it's basically a live broadcast right from your phone. So visual broadcast. So I may do that for a short thing. I don't know. I'm still looking into it, still trying to check it out, figure it out. Do I want to do it? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, if you hear about it or you know about it, send me your feedback. Let me know what you think. Main topic, main topic, personal grooming habits and routines. Uh, well, first, let's start off by saying every person is totally different. You have different skin types, you have different diets, you have different tolerances, you have different allergies and reactions to so many different things. Okay, so everybody's different. Know that. What works for me may not work for you, so try what will work for you. Okay? Okay. As long as you know that, going into the next, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the show, know what I mean. Okay, enough said. Moving forward. Let me just state that uh, here in California, because we're in a drought, I have chosen to shower only every two days, sometimes every three, depending on the schedule and what I got going on and all that wonderful stuff. But on average, every couple days... I've explained because of my shaving, you know, the hair in my face thing. I can only last about two days. Uh, and also, it's just easier with the kid. First, before I even step into the water, I do the basic eyebrow plucking, you know, shaping thing. Uh, again, go back to YouTube or other online resources on how to shape your brows. Using the uh, pencil technique is uh, the way that I, I like to use it. Starting at the inner corner against the nose, and then the outer corner against the nose, and then 
the outer corner of the eye for the height of the eyebrow. Go check it out. I, there, there's just tons of it shaping eyebrows. Okay, if you don't know it, that's what you need to do. That was what the little girls were taught when they were growing. Well, most little girls, not all. <laughs> I have taught a girlfriend in the past how to pluck and shape eyebrows. So yes, not all women that were <laughs> uh, grown up or raised women know how to do this. So this is how you learn. Go and do it. Uh, but so I, I do some brow plucking and shaping and get rid of the unibrow parts in the center, unless that's your thing, which, okay, if it is, hey, that's cool. Uh, maybe shape it so it looks nice. That's all. Whatever. It's your thing. It's your thing. Then after, th- and then I will admit, sometimes I pluck the, my upper lip or my chin hairs or things like that. Well, we all do that. Whatever. Okay. The plucking part with tweezers. Uh, as far as tweezers go, uh, try as many as you possibly can. There are tons out there. Some are specifically meant for plucking eyebrow hair. Uh, you're going to want to use a magnifying mirror, you know, the the, uh, the type of mirror that you, when it looks normal on one side and you flip it over, you got a magnifying mirror on the other. You're going to need one of those, preferably one where you can see your entire face not just a tiny little part, okay? The, the, the bigger the mirror in this case, the better. Uh, but still, a hand mirror is what I suggest. You're going to want to try to get the best light source you can. And in your bathrooms, I highly suggest that you get daylight temperature uh, compact fluorescent light bulbs. Go to the store, tell the person that sells bulbs, I need daylight temperature lights. If you say for makeup or things like that, detailed work... They'll say, oh, okay, bright, bright, bright lights. Because it's that thing. It's daylight bright. If you can do it in actual daylight, in all honesty, do it there. Because that, that's, that's where people are going to see you. But if not, use those daylight bulbs in your bathroom. And make sure you got a couple different bulbs to create enough brightness. That's the key for any sort of bathroom where you're going to look in the mirror and see yourself. Because... Not outside is not dimly lit like a bathroom usually is. Outside is lit brightly. The exact opposite of what a bathroom is. So if it looks good in the bathroom, chances are it may not look as good in the daylight. So that's why you want daylight bulbs in your bathroom. Uh, I'm also speaking in the makeup realm as well, but just if you just not do anything to your face, (laughs) the way you see your face in a dimly lit room is not the way you're going to see your face outside. Enough said on that. So when all that's done, oh, and this is where I brush the teeth and everything else, you know, different grooming habits, but that's what that happens there. This Now we step into the shower. First thing I do is wash and condition the hair. Then I leave the conditioner in through the rest of the shower. Rinse it out at the very last thing. Keeps the hair nice and uh, moisturized. And I usually tie it back because it's getting longer now, but hey, suit your own needs. You'll find your own way. Then after that, when the hairs are tied back, I use a body wash all over the body, hence the title of that. Uh, I always prefer a moisturizing body wash. There are so many out there, perfumed, non-perfumed, moisturizing, extra moisturizing, name brand, no name brand. Use, (laughs) try and use as many as you can to find what you like. And then when you find what you like, continue maybe to try something else every once in a while because you don't want to give up trying to find something that's really good. Stick with things that you really like, but keep expanding your horizons. Uh, my personal preference is in the Dove realm. I'm going to leave it at that. 
then I also suggest using a body scrub, little scrubby thing, the plastic netting scrubby thing. Use one of those. Whether it's on a stick or not doesn't matter. Use one of those. It's an exfoliator. It helps... It helps get rid of the dead skin and the and the and the stuff that's sticking to your body easier than a washcloth. Replace them, throw them away, because now they're all cheap, like less than five bucks, depending on where you buy them. Usually, if you keep your eye out, you'll find them for ninety nine cents. They're not meant to last forever. They unwind after a while, about every six months to a year. I mean, depending on how hard you use them, how how frequently you use them, blah, 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 blah. There's a good rule of thumb, but use that because that's going to be so much better on your skin. Anyway, so there's your body wash. Then I use a face wash, a specific face wash made for the face to do exfoliating or moisturizing or whatever your choice is. I like to exfoliate and moisturize. So right now I'm using a Rite Aid brand. Uh, daily rejuvenation scrub or something like that. It's a knockoff of, I believe, Noxzema, but I could be wrong. I'm still trying to find the right one for me, in all honesty. Okay? But an exfoliating is what I suggest. So I wash the face. Now, since my shaving area is not only restricted to my face, but also my upper chest and armpits, I use that face wash, exfoliating wash, on the upper chest and armpits as well. So now we've rinsed everything off. At this point, I usually have uh, the water. Water is about halfway in the tub from doing all that washing, so I choose to sit down and let the water fill up just a little bit more, and I sit down to do the shaving. I get a little uh, suction mirror that sticks to the wall. I sit down in the water, and I start to do the shaving of the face in the mirror. Now, everybody's got a technique, everybody's got a style. You're going to use your own, use what works. The thing that I can say is just try something new every once in a while. Uh, If you go in one direction first and then the opposite direction second, try switching the directions. See how the results are. And when you do something like that, give it a couple shaves. Give it a couple shaves, however frequent that is for you. Until you decide yes or no. You're going to have to learn your face, your skin, how it reacts. So the moisturizing that you're probably not usually doing, but you need to start doing <laughs> um, to take care of your face and skin. So for me, I start at the neck and I go up to the, we'll just say the sideburn area. And then I go across all the face, it's going in an upward demo- upward motion majority of the time. There are a few areas around the lips and the nose that go kind of sideways. But if you know your face well enough, you know what I'm talking about. Then I lather it up all again, and I do the exact opposite. I start at the top, and I go all the way down, except when I get to the jawline, I follow the jawline from the ear to the chin. Uh, because I've noticed that's the direction my hair grows in that way. Now, we've already gone over the face twice. Okay, okay. At this point, uh, I usually use my other hand and feel around for any (laughs) sandpaper feel. (laughs) It's the easiest way I can say it. At that point, I usually put a little more cream on and I hit, hit it with the razor until I get all the face done. Then I move on to the upper chest and uh, armpits, and the same is true. 
I do a downward motion, then a upward motion on uh, the pits and the chest. And then in the, uh, and, and I lather in between this, okay? Uh, lather mean, meaning reapplying the shaving cream. And then I do a left, right, right, left shaving direction on the center part of the chest because I've noticed that I've got hair that grows in all four directions. And then once I've gone in all four directions in that specific area, I do the touch-feel test for sandpaper feel. <laughs> uh, and then um, realize that that's okay. All right, I move on. We're done. That's the shaving of the every shower, which works out to be every uh, about every two days usually. Sometimes three, sometimes every day. It just depends on what's going on with life and the kid, and you know that story already. Okay, so now... Let's talk about legs and arms. Legs and arms is going to be up to you. If you got to do it every day, maybe that's something to think about. You know, getting removed or, or, or sometimes bleaching, dying. Or a lot of girls, women that I know that have the unattractive dark hair on their skin, on their skin, on their arms, they've grown to just accept it. That's just part of them. So your choice, whatever you need to do, but know that there are women who have been women all their lives and want to continue to be women that have gone through the shaving, gone through the bleaching, gone through the waxing, gone through all that, and have finally come to terms with the fact of, I'm just going to leave it. That's part of me. So just know that those are always options. So for me, I'm blessed that I don't have a lot. It's always been very fair. It's always been really fine. It's just there are spots that are darker hair and those are the areas that i really don't like that i usually get rid of probably about every usually two or three baths so we're talking about every four five six days and and so and that's usually what's on the outer hand and the outer feet like the the top of the feet right up to the ankle area uh, and the toes, got to get rid of the toe hair because I, blech. and women have that too. Natural born women, cis women, like my wife, have that unnatural, ungodly, yucky hair on the toes. And guess what? Yeah, she gets rid of it. Uh, shaves, plucks, I don't remember what she specifically does, but yeah, she gets rid of it. Okay? Okay. So it's okay to not, to feel okay about getting rid of it and that it's not a mask, not just, that it's not just a masculine thing point made okay uh and so that's the same thing with the legs now sometimes in the winter when i'm not going to be wearing anything that's going to show my legs guess what i do what most women do and let the hair grow because <laughs> it's a pain in the ass but realize that i do live in san diego and that i don't get many t much time like that i get like the uh no, you know, the November to the December, January, and then even then we have days where you can go out in shorts and whatever. So I'm shaving usually every, not, or not usually every, but I'm shaving throughout the year, more so in the summer, less in the winter. But enough said on that. I do the same thing on the legs. I start at the bottom, work the way up. Um, with the legs, it's slightly different. You really have to study how the hair grows. Uh, and the same is true for the face. Study how the hair grows. And I have always preferred to go against the grain. So, for example, on the cheek, the hair is going to grow out and down. I prefer to shave up. And that's just 
how I was shown as a child. It's how I saw it in commercials as a child when they used to show a guy shaving. So, I mean, I saw them going in one direction, then in others I saw them going in different directions. So I'm like, all right, fine. It's not like now where you can fucking Google the goddamn thing. You had to figure it out on your own. And my father used an electric razor. My stepfather used an electric razor. My mother gave me an electric razor for one of my first Christmases when I needed to start shaving. So I used an electric razor for probably 10-ish plus years before I said, hey, I'm going to use a razor razor. And I like the the shave ever of a razor razor ever since. And I've been experimenting with so many. And what I have grown to like right now, where I've gravitated towards and have kind of stayed, oh, a good almost, almost, almost two decades. And that is the Gillette Mach 3. Now, I'm not giving any endorsement to it. Go find your own. There are so many out there. Yes, they are expensive. But you got to get yourself a good razor or you're going to give yourself a crappy shave. Ask anybody that. That's just the rules of the road. Okay? All right. And now, mind you, that is only for the face and the upper chest, armpits area, because that's what I shave every time. The uh, For the legs and arms, I use one of those disposable ones, again, by Gillette, because I, I, I just happen to like that. I don't like the shtick. I don't like the way that it uh, uh, it just feels in the hands. I don't like the head. Uh, there was other ones I don't remember, but the Gillette ones, I do. I just like the feel. Okay? Okay. That's my preference. You use yours. But I use the weekly throwaway ones because they're they're easy. They give a decent shave. And again, I only use this every few, you know, once a week maybe. Bottom line, find your own. But on the legs, you're going to want to shave from the bottom up. And then usually around the thigh area is where I have noticed hair starts to grow in different directions. Again, I find that I always get a better shave when I go against the way it grows. There are people out there that are going to argue with me and say never go that direction because of ingrown hairs. I'm not going to say they're right, I'm wrong. I'm not going to say I'm right, they're wrong. You're going to have to find out for yourself. Because I've gotten ingrown hairs shaving both directions. I have gotten ingrown hairs using expensive razors. I have gotten ingrown hairs using expensive shave cream. And shit shave cream. So... (laughs) It's you gotta exfoliate and keep your skin clean, number one. But you also gotta make sure you do what you can with your hair, shaving the right direction. It just matters on you, so you don't get ingrown hairs. Exfoliating is is one of the better things. Anyway, um, Google ingrown hairs if you need to figure out that. But we're not talking about that. Last little thing here before we move on to the next is shaving cream. I I highly suggest using ones marketed and designed, quote-unquote, for women, because they happen to be more uh, uh, denser in moisturizer, I find, and I have always received a better shave when I've used it, and I mean on the face and the body. That's me. If you get a better shave by using a man's designed shave gel or whatever, not going to say don't use it, but my personal preference has always been The extra moisturizing ones made specifically designed for women. Many different brands are out there. I keep trying, I keep trying different brands, so I can't say use one or not the other. It's your choice. Uh, Just, you know, make a list and try them all. Coupons are everywhere. Okay. All right. Uh, But 
that's all I can really say about the shave cream. Find what works for you. Uh, it, it really should be geared towards moisturizer because you're going over your skin sometimes four, five, six times, a minimum of twice, minimum of twice to get yourself a decent shave. So spend the money for a good razor and a blade for your face. Spend some money, make sure you get your moisturizing shave cream and keep your skin exfoliated. Now replacing the razor. Uh, the Mach 3 is geared to a month, meaning it's supposed to last 30 shaves. Well, we're, we're doing a minimum of two, one in each direction. So there's, there's, there's two weeks right there. Okay, so we're talking half a month right there. For one blade. Then, if you add even more usage on that, such as the chest area, where I have to go over four times minimum, sometimes a fifth and sixth, right? See? So that month razor easily quickly drops down to a week, pushing two weeks. So you gotta you gotta use your stuff very wisely, very carefully. Uh, if a razor blade drops, inspect it. Uh, make sure there aren't any nicks or, or defaults or abnormalities on it because you can really tear the shit out of your skin. You'll know, you'll start to know. If you use the same one over and over again, you're going to start to know w- when it's gone bad and when it's not. Like if you notice you have to start going over areas that you normally go over twice, now you have to go over those areas six times. Time to change the blade. Uh, the disposable ones I talked about, they're supposed to last a week. Seven shaves. All right. Well, that's for the face because it's geared towards the face. Well, right there, you got your two legs, your two arms, a couple directions on each. And if, you, if you're like myself, you got the back of the hands and the top of the feet as well. Uh, that's a lot of shaving. <laughs> so that, it's usually about four, five, six, seven shaves, which for me is about a month using one of those disposable little razors again as you start to experiment and know yourself and know your hair and know your body or be more aware of it you'll recognize things and so use your own best judgment now if you're one of those people that really need to uh shave every day because of the growth of your hair or the shadow or whatever the case may be make sure you use extra moisturizer that's where you're Buddy is going to be is an extra moisturizing moisturizer uh, because you're going to be scraping the crap out of your face. So moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. Which leads me into what do you do after the shower? <laughs> um, you minimum put moisturizer lotion on the areas you have shaved at minimum, minimum. If you can, always do your entire body. Lock the moisture of the nice, warm, hot shower. Lock it in. Okay, the pores are open. Everything's nice and clean. Use a good lotion. Okay, make your choice. My wife and I have tried the Target brand. It's pretty good. My, we have tried uh, what about the Rite Aid brand? It's okay. There's so many out there. Just try it. Um, moisturizing is the key for that. Now for the face, use a moisturizer that has a sunblock on it. You don't want the sun on your face because that's what dries it out and causes wrinkles. 
Okay? That's the big thing right now. Don't show wrinkles. <laughs> it's always been the thing. Anyway, um, use a sunblock. Minimum of 30 SPF. I prefer using 50, but that's me. Uh, but even if you don't do anything else, that's, that's after shower. Okay? Bam. Then go on to your daily hair routine or makeup or whatever. But that's what I suggest is the sunblock moisturizer for, for the face, for the face. Now let's talk about the face daily routine, the daily routine for the face. Uh, every morning, and I am guilty of it, not every morning do I do this. You know, I'm like one of those. Okay, okay. Um, wash with a gentle wash or you know your favorite soap. Whatever it is, something gentle, though. You don't need to be abrasive. You never need to be abrasive. Uh, wash it up. Uh, pat dry. Always pat dry. I meant to say this when getting out of the shower, talking a few minutes ago. Always pat yourself dry. Never rub. It's another thing how uh, ingrown hairs can happen is by rubbing, because you're pushing what's a little left of the follicle into the uh, pore. Uh, and then in the morning, I put the, after washing, I put the uh, SPF 50 sunscreen on. Uh, Rite Aid brand compared to Noxema or whatever it is that I grabbed this time on sale. Wink, wink. And then I, there's my day ba -ba -ba -ba, on, on the way. Now for the evening, um, again, I wash with that same wash or bare minimum use a makeup remover wipe. Even if you haven't worn makeup for the day, it cleans the face. Uh, and then moisturize with a, a moisturizing cream, a night moisturizing cream. They're out there. Uh, I prefer the anti-aging because they have a little more moisturizer in there and uh, other collagen things to help treat the skin. So that's always a good thing. Uh, certain, look for certain words, rejuvenation. And find, just experiment and find one you like. I can't recommend anything. Right now I use Rite Aid brand because they've got a little point bonus system. So I get a good deal on it when they say, you know, buy one, second one at 50% off. Because of using Rite Aid for the last well, decade or so, we get even more percentage off. And I found this out at the, at the checkout stand because, you know, you do the mental add-up list and you're like, wait, that's $10 less than I was expecting. Oh, yes, because you have all these points. Wow. Okay. Cool. Thank you. So <laughs> it's an incentive to return to Rite Aid. Sorry, quick tangent. Sorry about that. Um, something new we discovered called snail cream. Huh? Uh, it's really thick. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's it's for me it's too thick to use every night, but after being outside after like yard work or something or a big long day of exercise or something, it's a nice rejuvenating feeling uh, for for using it. It's awesome, but it is a little on the thick side. And lastly, before we move out of this main topic here, I know I'm going on. Uh, realize your body needs H two O. And I say that, H2O, meaning specifically water. I don't mean the water that is made for, you know, used to make coffee or tea, not the water that's in soda, not lemonade, uh, not even watermelon. I mean H2O, that liquid, clear liquid that we drink, that if we freeze turns to ice, that if we boil turns to steam. H2O. Because doctors say drink six to eight glasses a day. Okay, fine. I think people needed something easy to latch onto that wasn't as overwhelming. So they say six to eight glasses a day. 
And then they tell you to eat a bunch of fruits and vegetables so you get the extra water that you need, plus the dietary things that go with eating fruits and vegetables, you know, making sure you're regular and you get the right vitamins and things. Okay, so it's a good compromise. But, but your body doesn't run on the water made from tea. Your body doesn't run on the water extracted from an apple. Your body doesn't run from the water extracted from a watermelon or an orange or a banana or spinach or broccoli or whatever the case may be. Your body runs on H2O. Uh, I believe it's 70, uh, 70%. Is the is the you know term that scientists have come up with saying you know body is seventy percent water? All right, let's just take that into consideration. So, and this goes back to what I just said about the doctors say six to eight ounces a glass, six to eight eight ounce glasses a day, and a day being from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, which is usually close to the eighteen hour mark, because there's twenty four hours in the day, and we usually don't stay up for twenty four hours. But uh, what if you're only like 100 pounds? What if you're like 350 pounds? I'm sorry to say that six to eight, eight ounce glasses for those two different people is going to be enough or too much. So, so what I learned long time ago in school and uh, health class was to take your body weight and divide it by three. Right now I'm in the 185, 190 range. I fluctuate depending on what time of day I weigh myself and what I've eaten, how much water I've had. So I'm just going to say the 190 area. So I'm supposed to drink 63 ounces, ounces, mind you, of water a day. So they say six to eight ounces, six to eight glasses of eight ounces each. That's 64. So yeah, telling somebody my, like myself, which is average American, yeah, so they hit it right on the head. But what if you're 350, like I said a minute ago? You need 116 ounces, 117 ounces. If you're, what if you're 100, like I said a minute ago? You need 33. So telling you to drink six to eight 8-ounce uh, eight glasses is almost double what you need. You're going you're gonna to overload your body on water. So with the math individualizes it for the person. So if I got my weight down to 185 and I drank... Uh, I would need 61 ounces. So yeah, the the 64 that I would get from the six to eight eight ounce glasses isn't that much more. But I have better control over it. If I weighed 200 pounds, I would need to drink 66. I would need the eight ounce eight of the eight ounce glasses, and then a little bit more to reach the right amount. So, so you know, trust the math is what I want to tell you. Plus, your body uses the water. Your kidneys will help clear out. Your, your liver will help clear out. Your skin, which is why I bring this to your attention, because that's what we're talking about today, will clear up as well. And clear up, I mean by any, uh, just, it looks fresher with nothing but drinking extra water. Think of this. 
Water is essential to life. You can live for weeks or longer with no food, just water. But you'll die after two or three days without water. So, yeah, water, H2O water is essential. Another rule of thumb I kind of follow is every time I have to go to the bathroom and do number one, I drink more water. Just my thing. How much water is depending on how thirsty I am or whatever's going on, how much is available to me at the time. Am I out on a walk? <laughs> Which means I don't get to pee because i got to hold it till I get somewhere. But you get my point. So... All right, enough of that. Let's move on. Transgender 30-day challenge or 30-episode challenge. Question 20. Wow, 20. Do you want to be a parent? Why or why not? Well, first, <laughs> too late. Yeah, these questions are obviously geared towards people, younger people, late teens to 20s, late 20s even is what I'm guessing. So, yeah, whatever. It's been fun. We got 10 more. Why not? Uh, yeah, it's a little too late for me to answer this question as it is. Do I want to be a parent? Yes or no? Why or why not? Uh, I am a parent, so I don't get a choice on that. Um. All right, so, uh, yes, at, at around this time that you're hearing this, my son is around the two and eight, two and, two and eight, two years, eight months, nine months, somewhere right in there. And I love him to death. It's, it's, it's changed my life. It's wonderful. Uh, longtime listeners and binge listeners will know that uh, he was one of the three major catalysts or points in my life that helped me realize I needed to come out. So, yeah, he's special. Very, very special. Also, in looking at this question, I, I don't really see how answering it really affects anyone's, I mean mine, but anyone's trans status. Because you can ask this question to a non-trans person and get a fully and complete answer that is justifiable. It has nothing to do with a trans status. So this particular question, I'm like, um, what's the point? Okay, but you, the listener, I am going to give you some answers and re responses and things like that. So hold on to your hats and glasses. We're in for a wild ride. Um, yeah, but I wanted to make the point that non-trans people can can you can ask this question and they can give total valid answers. Uh, and again. This is obviously geared towards a younger person that is making those life choices. Again, it doesn't need to be trans or not. Every person, I think, goes through that thought. Do I want children? Do I want to be a parent? Do I want kids? Nowadays, people can throw in the option of, do I want to be a single parent? Because that is an option in some places to some people. So the options for... Different things are out there, trans or non-trans. Also, what about the people that just biologically cannot have children? Something is wrong with them 
in the sense that their body doesn't function the way that everyone else does. Not that it's wrong, don't get me tied up on words here, but you know what I mean. It doesn't function like the rest of, of, of society. For whatever reason, this you know, penis-born individual cannot provide their life essence of sperm. And flip the coin over and look at the female-born the, or the, the uh, vagina, uterus-born people that, for whatever reason, they cannot have children, bear children, okay? They don't have to be trans. They got the same things to deal with. They got even bigger ones. Do I even want to try to find a surrogate, like a sibling or a cousin or something like that, to carry for me or provide for me or whatever their situation's going to be? Do they want to find a stranger to do it? They've got. So, do they even want to go through it because it is such a burden? So many things to stop and think about besides being trans. So, I think I've said about enough on that. Let's move on and rephrase the question, which is what I seem to do with these. So, what are your thoughts on transgender people being parents? Are you a parent or are you planning on being one eventually? All right, so it's a two-parter question. First is, what are my thoughts? I feel that transgender parents today in 2015 are where the gay lesbian parents were 30 or 40 years ago in the, in the 70s and 80s. As we move forward in time and there are more positive role models that are openly trans, it's going to be more accepted. The same is true with what happened 30, 40 years ago with the gay and lesbians. More and more people realized, hey, they're Parents are better than my kids, and I've been here, and their relationships lasted 20 years, and I've been through two uh, husbands, or whatever the situation is. You follow me. So, there are so many things. But as we move forward, and more trans people are, are open about their story, and make it nor- uh, and normalize it, then there, it's going to be nothing. It's going to be like how it is now with, oh, yeah, I have two moms, I have two dads, or whatever the case may be. But we got to give it time. And I think we'll do it faster than what happened in the last 30 to 40 years. I think we'll do it probably in 10 or 15 because of just the way our society moves now. Things move faster. It's going to be tough now for kids like mine because transgender people are everywhere but not every person wants to be out about it you know there's that whole stealth issue trans people have to deal with so you gotta you gotta ponder that in in and having trans role models myself i've talked about it in the past if you're respectful to me and the situation environment is an okay environment to talk about it yeah there's a good chance i will talk about it my trans status my situation answer questions trans people out there you know what i'm talking about the friends that mean well have so many questions but they're always afraid to ask those i'll answer them but if the situation's not right i can't answer it you know i gotta it's it's one of those things uh now one trans couple that i know the trans person he okay because he hasn't transitioned yet because he can't, due to his own personal checklist and timeline, 
Uh, but she knows she wants to start transition in about two years. Well, as of right now, the, the wife of the trans person is pregnant with their child. And I believe due sometime this year, if not early next, I think, I don't remember the math. And they're both wonderful people, and I, I don't think their child is going to, to have any problems uh, being at around two years old when the trans person of that relationship starts to transition. It's going to be fine. It's going to be normal. That's, that's really what I'm going to say there. Uh, another couple I know, the trans person, he has chosen to bank some sperm before starting HRT and transition. She wants to fully transition before they even start to have ch- children. The wife in that couple need, wanted kids pretty fast, but has made the compromise to wait however long it is, two, three years, whatever her personal journey is, before they start their family. Another couple that I know, uh, the, he, the trans person, fully out, living full-time, but has not started HRT yet because they still want to have children, and but their time for having children isn't right. I think it has to do with a job contract thing for them specifically. Not entirely sure, but they're waiting. Once they have done their family, then the trans person will start the HRT journey. So there are so many different walks of trans parenting out there that it's going to be normal in a quick amount of time. So I, I don't even want to bring it up as a major debate because I get with all the trans people coming out right now, and when I say right now, I mean the last two years or so, when their children, like my son, is in elementary, middle, high school, I'm pretty darn sure he's going to know and have other friends. I just mentioned a couple that are going to be having their children and are just going to be a few years younger than he is. He's going to have friends that, are, that have trans parents. It's going to be normal at least here in the society that I live in. And if it's going to be normal here, a little bit longer before it spreads out to the masses and the small towns, but it's coming. The wave, it's starting to happen. So, second part of the question, as I rephrased it, are you a parent or do you want to be one eventually? Well, yes, I am a parent. Uh, So the question now kind of changes into, do I want more children? Right now, we're not sure for so many different reasons, the same that any couple goes through. Financial reasons. uh, Space reasons. And I don't just mean in in the home. I mean in a car. When you travel or go places, you have to make sure you have a room to accommodate the family. So, you know, same thing is true when you go on vacation. You know, is the space, is the traveling vehicle big enough to carry... Uh, luggage and people. You know, that you, these are things that people need to think about. It's a thought that everybody goes through. And that's where we are as of this recording. And now it all comes down, and the thing as far as parenting and transition and all that, I gave you three examples of people that I interact with here in my life. Three separate, very separate things. So... Ultimately, what matters is finding the balance that works for you. Find that balance in your life. I think that's the one thing I can, if I want to get through to my audience, 
That's the one thing it is. Okay, if you've got anything to say about this 30-day challenge question, send it my way, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com. Also, I'm looking for something to take the place of this 30-day challenge. Now, I've thrown this out a few times. People have come back with listener questions, but nobody has suggested specific questions. So it's not going to work unless I get questions. So if you've got ideas suggesting listener questions, send some questions, too. Okay, here we go. Secondary topic. I'm going to make this real quick because I know we're running long on this episode. This one's kind of serious, only that it's up for debate right now everywhere. Trans actors versus cis actors or non-trans actors. Okay, realize that my, that my opinion is on the bias because that's where I come from. Uh, I come from performing. I, I, I come from Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, it's just I, I have that edge there so that's where i that that tongue-in-cheek that biting whatever that's where it comes from i'm different than the average person trans or not when it comes to knowing that i'm going to answer with a simple direct question do i think trans actors should portray trans characters now, the short answer is yes, I do. Trans actors should portray trans characters just as gay actors should portray gay characters. Absolutely, because they're closer to it than someone who is not. But go back in time for the last 40 years, find me an actor who played a gay character where the actor was openly gay. You don't find it until the 90s. Yeah, but they're there. Everybody knows there's gay actors. Uh, I, I don't even want to get into that gossip, okay? But it took till just, you know, 20 years ago-ish for it to be open about it. We got to wait our time. We have to wait our time. That's the biggest thing I want you to take away from this section. Now, with that, look back in cinema history. Specifically women, they're not allowed to perform. Women had to fight for their right to get on stage. Women, when they were on stage, were just decoration or a secondary character to help promote the main character on stage. Give them something to react to. Say them something so there's something funny to laugh at. Give them something so they go into this long speech about how they have to get something done. That's all that women in those types of shows were. And that's, I mean, even in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, when glamorous Hollywood came into play, men were tall, dark, and handsome. Which, any trans men out there, you know, unless you're one of those tall people, most of the time you're going to be on the shorter end of the spectrum as far as men go. So, you're not going to happen in, you know, glamorous Hollywood of the 30s, 40s, 50s. So, I mean, if you did, you were the sidekick sort of thing, the short man, you know, the little barker at the fair or, you know, something like that. But you're not going to be a lead. Women on the other side, you know, same time period, they were quiet, beautiful, only were there to deliver specific information 
whatever it may be, they're always being saved, they're always being helped, whatever it is. So women were shown as weak, and men, they're strong, save the day, don't show any pain, blah, 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 blah. And if you didn't fall into that, whether you're a man or woman, you don't fit the mold, and you're not going to get work, or you're going to be character works on the side for laughs and jokes and supporting of any sort of uh, uh, comic relief. So women, in general, have had the short end of the stick. Now, let's put trans women into that. Well, trans women are going to have to fight for their right to get on stage. We're already in the middle of it with shows like Orange is the New Black and Transparent and all that. Give it time, folks. We'll get there, and we're going to get there fast. With all the trans people out there that are filmmakers in and of themselves, you bet your ass they're probably looking for projects right now where they can go out and hire a group of trans actors. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Am I looking for it? Probably not, because that would mean going to... Somewhere outside of San Diego, which would mean just a big thing with the kid and blah, 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 blah. Not looking for it. I'm happy here right now. If the kid was older, mm-hmm, think about it. And one last thing is we as trans people, not necessarily me, because I'm pretty open about my trans status. But what's different with us versus, say, the gay and lesbian, you know, people out there playing gay and lesbian characters is a lot of the time, a lot of the time, trans people are striving for that stealth status where only a small circle of people, their deepest, closest friends, know that they're trans. And that's going to be there for a while. I think that's going to be the thing that's going to stick around for the longest time and going to be the hardest to work through for a lot of people. But when we finally break that wall and more and more people are open about their trans status, then we're going to see the world rock and change. It's happening. We're on our way towards it right now. But the biggest thing is that stealth. So I feel that, that the more people that are open about it, we are going to tell those people that feel it's necessary to remain stealth that it's not necessary to remain stealth. Unless, of course, your own personal situation. (laughs) I get it. But I think you understand what I'm trying to say. All right, listener feedback, listener feedback. I didn't think we'd get to it this episode. Um... I mentioned a little bit earlier about the likes on the Facebook page. Um, You know, it's a game. It's something fun for for the show. I don't really care how many likes it is. The only thing I cared about, and you'll hear this in previous episodes, was reaching 100. I wanted to reach 100 by the end of 2014. I didn't do it, but I did it in the first week or two. So, you know, hey, I did it. Now it's just all frosting in a game. Uh, so it really doesn't bother me. Also, as far as, uh, you know, following and ranking and things like that, Stitcher is the same way. It's only fun. Yeah, of course I'm happy when it goes up. Yeah, that's normal. You're supposed to be that way. When it goes down, Facebook likes and Stitcher, yeah, I'm kind of like, what's going on? That's normal reaction. Do I ultimately care? No. 
reason I do point it out, the reason I do care is because you, the listener, are making that happen. You're the ones clicking the like button. So take a vested interest. You're the ones listening on Stitcher, if you happen to be the ones listening on Stitcher. So I share that information. It takes, what, five minutes in the, uh, of uh, showtime? <laughs> Whatever. All right, next listener feedback. Um, this is more listener observation, really. Um, I follow a number, or I'm part of a number of trans groups on Facebook, both hidden and not hidden and secret and whatever. I, okay. Um, what, uh, what bothers me, and I seem to think that a lot of trans people forget, is that non-trans, non-trans people in our lives have just as an important transition, if not even more important, as we do. Yeah, we have a hard thing to do. It's hard. But they have it harder. Somebody that they grew to love or gave birth to or became friends with or married or whatever the situation is, someone that they have brought into their little circle in their mind is not who they think they are. <laughs> Something's different. So they kind of freak out. They kind of just, ah, ah, ah. They got a time to digest. It's called their transition. And a lot of trans people seem to forget that. And it's, it's just as hard on those people. And the closer they are to you, the harder it is. And the biggest difference is their transition is all internal. Nothing changes outside for them. We change. We look in the mirror. We see those changes happening. We see the hair getting longer. We see the hair a different color. We see the face wearing different makeup. We see different jewelry or whatever your thing, lipstick, whatever, contacts, okay? We see different stuff. They don't. Their face, their body is the same as it was before they started their transition. So cut them some slack and give them a hug. Because they're the ones that love you enough to go through this inner turmoil transition that they have a hard time trying to express because they can't find anybody to express it to. So, cut them some slack. Again, it goes back to finding balance. They got to find their balance. Uh, and And the biggest thing is there is no right or wrong of transition for anyone. Um... Some people transition and live lives fully as the gender they prefer and not have one bit of uh, medical transition, you know, doctor's influence for therapy or, or HRT or any surgeries or anything. And they're fine. And then you got people that live part-time in boy mode and the rest of the time in girl mode or whatever label you want to put on it. It's balance. It's balance, folks. Try to find that balance. Holy cow, are we at that time? Christ, we've ran a long time. Sorry, folks. This one, this one's a longer one, and I'm sorry about that. Okay, next episode. Uh, <laughs> the title is LGB versus TIQ... And A. I'll let you figure that one out, and I'll see you next episode.
I'm always looking for topics and things. If you got anything to say, you want a question to ask me, send it my way. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everyone. See you next week. Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. What the hell was that? Who left that there? What is this? Oh! <laughs> Look, it's the outtakes. Well, all of the. All right, coffee and the non-dairy creamers. Give us some music. Because you're gonna want to try to get the breast. The <laughs> get the breast. <laughs> There's the first outtake. Yeah, my child is two years and roughly eight months since around the time that this is. Wow. All right. So, uh, yes, at, at around this time that you're hearing this. Is this the end?
Yes, it is. And never forget.